Have we all hit our butons? Yeah, you have, because you guys are pros. I'm Mark Stedman, and I am merely the figment of a deranged imagination. I'm John Hickman. Uh, it's either this or the doll again on Monday. I'm Danny Smith. Would it save a lot of time if I just gave up and went mad now? It was on display in the bottom of a locked filing cabinet, stuck in a disused lavatory with a sign on the door saying, Beware of the Leopard. leopard, leopard, leopard. From the outpost, this is Beware of the Leopard, your A to Z of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. We're finishing off the T section this week, which gives us only a handful of regular episodes before we disappear. So, uh, while there's no time like the present, let's watch some telly. Tri-D is Adams's allusion to some sort of 3D TV and is distinct from 5D, the sub-ether, the sensor tape, the Hall of Informational Illusions and whatever other technology is created to show things to characters. John, why so many? You ask this as if you've never bought Star Wars in six different formats. <laughs> um, <laughs> as if your parents didn't get excited that they had NICAM television. Um, as if you haven't used Video Plus and then forgotten that existed. As if you haven't even stopped taping things or just recording things onto DVRs or PVRs or, I mean, you know, constant refreshing of the devices we're going to watch uh, TV on are a fact of life. And um, they probably weren't as much of a fact of life when Douglas was writing this, but um, as ever, you know, he's a, a sage prophet. Yes. I mean, I mean, yes. And um, <laughs> I like I wonder about that just because if you look at some of the popular sci fi universes, they tend to go with one term and then kind of branch off from there. So Star Trek, everything is on the holodeck, basically, and everything's like a projection of, oh, it's the holodeck malfunctioning or you can make something appear somewhere else on the ship because it's it's all part of hologram technology. Um uh, show that I, I I very much love at the moment, which is an improvised uh, sci-fi show uh, called Mission to Zix. Everything is a hollow variant of some sort, and I feel like that's something that that's quite common. Where you sort of you go with one thing, and everything becomes that one thing. And whether that's um, just to simplify things for for TV, it probably is. Yeah, uh, there you go. I've answered my own question. Cool. Well, well, to um to address the Star Trek point. Um, oh my. God, I just heard myself say that. I'm, I'm going to have to go out and do something really filthy after the show to kind of counteract the nerd them. Well, to address the Star Trek point you made. Uh... To, address, to address your uh, Star Trek point. Right. So uh, Star Trek is a utopian fascist society, so they wouldn't have the plurality of choices available to them. Like, they don't live in a commercial society. They're, they're, they're a utopian fascist. And so... Yeah, that that wouldn't be available. So if if you're talking about a kind of um, a commercial future, then there would be. It's interesting. Like which one of those things that you were talking about would be the skip tech, which is the you know the the, the, the wonderful term that uh, John Bounds actually was it John yeah. Bounds that actually yeah, I think he came up with that. Yeah, that's his. So which one of those would be the skip tech of all that, or is is 3D television skip tech in general? Oh, yeah, I mean it is in our universe. I've got one. Will it ever get good enough? Or is 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 the very premise of it like wrong? Like, are we are we at the point now where we don't engage with our, our media a hundred percent enough for it to be in three D? We need it to be two D on a screen somewhere over there because we've also got a screen over here and a conversation going on over there, and we need to be able to share it with people that we're in the room with. I 
I do. Um, I, I don't think that's the reason. I think the reason is it's just not that compelling. Like, it's, it's a fun novelty. Once we get to the point where we're able to... There's some form of, and it probably won't be a TV program that'll do this because it'll be too distracting, but like a game or something where characters appear in a sort of augmented reality thing, or maybe around the field of view that you're watching the, the, or, you know, um, playing the game on. Maybe something like that would work. And then that would just require slightly different setup or we've all got these augmented reality glasses apart from like the, you know, the 1% of the population who's, completely anti it and obviously they don't have it and all you know but everybody else has got these augmented reality glasses and when you're watching certain things maybe you know something will pop out of the screen maybe it'll be informational maybe it'll just be a little character um maybe it'll be the netflix thing going are you still watching this uh, i actually fell asleep to netflix yesterday and it didn't ask me if i was still watching so it, it didn't have my back there but um yeah i'm i'm gl- i'm i'd be happy with that i hate that are you watching thing the judgy fucking netflix like sneering fucking sneering are you still watching rupaul's drag race of course i'm still watching rupaul's fucking drag race i'm engrossed right now motherfucker like how dare you judge me on my viewing habit are you still watching friends you've been watching you sell me delicious delicious drugs (laughs) and then admonish me for taking them which brings us back to uh to to danny's point in a in a roundabout way so i i really like danny's idea here that um that there is an internal logic that makes sense in in universe which is that the hitchhiker's universe is incredibly uh, market driven universe you know like yes. we we keep talking about companies yes as we go through this this alphabet and we we've talked about mergers and acquisitions and vertling things and mm-hmm. um there there is quite a lot of kind of play around the market that drives the story forwards mm-hmm. so um it, re- I mean, it's an accident, but <laughs> it really does make sense. Um, and uh, Danny's head cannon is therefore uh, accepted. Accepted. I will turn the second key. <laughs> uh, and now to something that um, doesn't really count. The Triganic Pew is a form of galactic currency. Its exchange rate of eight ningies to one pew is simple enough, but since a ningi is a triangular rubber coin 6,800 miles across each side, no one has ever collected enough to own one pew. Ningies are not negotiable currency because the galactic banks refuse to uh, double in small change. Danny... Why are scale jokes so funny? Um, additionally, uh, is that a rule or is that like an, an Adam's thing that he's particularly good at? Well, uh, dissecting jokes are like dissecting a frog. You can take it apart, but it'll never work afterwards. <laughs> that is a quote that I didn't look up. It's someone someone cleverer than me said that. I'm sure somebody will point it out. Um, we should put it on a Douglas Adams uh, image. The first thing is... Um, those words are quite funny in themselves. Some words are just funny. Mm. A dinghy, dinghy, that sound is, is, is quite funny. And the explosive P, that's always, that's always quite funny. So you got them, they're there, they're safe. They're in the bank, you take them home. <laughs> so um, the jokes work because they're a shock. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we get jokes that happen in threes, because we uh, set up expectations and then we subvert the expectations. Um, the shock can also be something quite surreal. 
something that he wasn't expecting. Like uh, little kids are really susceptible to this joke. So you can just, if you just pick up a shoe and put it on your head, they will genuinely find that <laughs> high fucking hilarious, like, um, Cirque du Soleil, like fucking amazing entertainment. Um, just because it's unexpected, it's ridiculous to them. So the thing about scale is that it works for both. It's, it's, both a shock it's both unexpected and it also pulls back and reveals um which is a another technique you know like oh the other day like i drank too much like i was having a wank and i couldn't come and then the bus driver threw me off like Mm -hmm. the pullback and the reveal is also another joke so um the other thing that we like in jokes is an internal logic jokes that make sense in themselves like if if not it's just surreal and there was a there was a period in the 90s where surreal jokes were like a really big thing mm. do you remember that like how many how many people to take change the light bulb fish like mm-hmm. and that was a massive thing and and it was the shock of the surreality but so with scale you get the internal logic you get the pullback reveal and you get the context and you get the shock mm-hmm. so that's why it's used a lot it's not an easy joke but it is it is a joke and especially when you've got the canvas of like infinity mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Which he uses very, very well. He definitely explores the concepts of space and how big it is. It's really, really big, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the concepts, and also there's there's, there's a quite a lot about logic and illogic, uh, illogic in, in the text. And I feel that comes from being like Oxbridge educated and, you know, talking about philosophy and Aristotle and logic and, and things like that. So all those mixed up means that he, he definitely plays with this massive canvas of space and explores the jokes when they're in it. And I think that's that's why scale is, is such a big thing. Like I would have been interested to find out because there's not a lot of it in the books, but now all our sci-fi tropes and all our, all our thinking about space is about uh, multidimensional theory. Yeah, yeah. That's generally accepted now. It's like, there's no way of proving it, but it's generally accepted it now. Um, so I'd really like him to, I'd really would have liked him to been around and start examining like multidimensional theory with his brain and how he, he how he can spot the, the, uh, the, the the contradictions within it and that would have been that i think that would have been amazing one of the things i like about this joke and i think you're right that the um the opportunity is afforded by that that in the infinite infinite space uh that, that he's given but there's um there's a really nice satire of 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 monetary systems just wrapped up really neatly in the joke which is like um the, the so the, the first thing is is um when you, when kids are looking at money, they can't get their head around why the five p is tiny and the two p is big. Mm. It doesn't like money. Doesn't the denominations of money that we use don't make a whole lot of logical sense? And then you've got the added fact that um, which comes into this like r- ridiculously exploded out thing of this thing being thousands of miles wide. Um, like a two p is worth more than two p as metal. Mm. Yeah, as a token of trade, is worth very little. But as a piece of scrap, it's worth a lot more. Um, and obviously, like, you know, whatever this queen is worth, <laughs> the material to make um, a, a 6,800 mile long piece <laughs> of rubber is going to be in a, a ridiculously large amount of money, more money than most people could earn in a, in, in a lifetime. And it's only a subunit of the main unit. <laughs> Do you know how big the main unit is compared to it? Uh, Nobody does because we never got to because it. Because, <laughs> you know, exactly. Um, 
it, yeah, I mean, there's so the, there's the sort of boring way to to look at this, which is then to to wonder about the beings or, or the you know the the creatures that are large enough where this kind of thing makes sense. But I also like to live in a universe where we don't think about how big the people who have these ningies and pews actually are, and that we can then take a 6,800 um, almost square, or well, it's not square mile, but yes, um, mile across thing, uh, and we can take that at face value and not be thinking about, uh, you know, not having some some uh, sense of proportion. Um, it's much funnier without that. And it's um, it's funny that, that we'll, we'll get onto that uh, as we did last week and we'll get onto it again uh, this week. Um, he did enjoy, he did enjoy scale. I also really enjoyed um, the little idea that I had when I was thinking about this, which, um, you know, this meme about when Samsung and Apple sue each other, they send the multi-million dollar settlements in uh, nickels and dimes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they have to send lots and lots of trucks. I really enjoy the idea that maybe um, serious cybernetics and BSNS are in a are in some sort of um, dispute over patents and they're sending each other truckloads of 8,000 mile long coins. And there's only, three, there's, there's only three three coins on each truck. Yeah. Because they're really hard to stack. And now to someone who either got a bum rap or is just an irritating and largely ineffectual character. Uh, delete as appropriate. Trillian is a beautiful astrophysicist with the real name Trisha McMillan. She's played by Susan Sheridan in the radio series and by Zoe Deschanel in the film. She manages to convince the Masters of Cricket not to destroy the universe, and she learned how to manoeuvre around Hyde Park Corner on a moped. On an Earth that was never destroyed by the Vogons, Trisha McMillan attempts to get a job with the NBS network in New York uh, as an anchor on the USAM Breakfast Show. She regrets going back for her bag when first meeting Zaphod at that infamous party in Islington. She failed the screen test for the network because she decided not to go back for her bag, thus not bringing her contact lenses, which she needed to read the script in the auto queue. When taken to the planet Rupert by the Grebulons, she films the encounter and figures she must have faked it as part of an elaborate nervous breakdown or hallucination. Okay, right. I'm not saying that she's a bad character. But... But... Name some aspects of her character. I'm completely with you. Uh, this is this is the, the, they're in. You've fallen into my trap. <laughs> um, it's uh, it, like I mean, she must be adventurous because she went on a spaceship with an alien. Like, I, I genuinely, I can't think of anything else that would be like you'd be like, oh, I know that person, or I've I've met that person, or that is a person that is real in my mind. Mm-hmm. Do you think, and this is cynical me talking, that the only reason that she's there is because he needed a female voice for the radio show? Yeah, very possibly. Um, so I've uh, I've corresponded with Mr. Bounds on this, and uh, he he says that uh, Douglas actually admitted that Trillian ended up being pointless and redundant um, because he, she was written so that Arthur would have someone else who remembered Earth that he could talk to. Ah. But he'd forgotten that Ford knew, oh, yeah. knew, <laughs> knew, oh, yeah. knew about Earth. I mean, what, like vintage Douglas there. <laughs> 
classic, classic Adams. Um, he needs that guy we were talking about the other week who, um, who uh, George R. R. Martin can phone yeah. up for, for continuity. Canon specialist. So she has that, she has that problem. She does have that problem. And, um, she's one of the reasons why perhaps people don't <clears throat> take her uh, as much to heart is because, um, she's the, the adult in the room and she doesn't get the jokes. Um, you know, she, she's the, she's the one person. Ford arguably has got it together a little bit, but she's a bit dry and, um, she's getting people through events, um, in a very, um, practical and, um, very effective manner, which doesn't leave her much time for jokes. And she's not, so she's not like someone like a, a Rimmer who, because she's maybe a little bit uh, less fun loving, she's not, she doesn't become the butt of any jokes either. So she's, she's not, she's, yeah, she's not the, 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 the thing that everyone kicks and she doesn't actually present any jokes herself. And so in this kind of, uh, world of, 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 of hitchhikers, which we think of as being a comedy sci-fi, she's not got anything you can, you can latch onto. And when you, Google around looking for Trillian quotes, or you can find as descriptions, uh, passages of description where Trillian does something and then Zaphod does a bit. So, Zaphod. this makes uh, this makes a little sense. So, in a world of caricatures, she's actually uh, largely drawn quite realistic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, therefore shrinks into the background. Is your yeah, I mean, uh, not so much into the into the background of the story. I mean, like Mark did a, a good synopsis of all the things that that she does do, and and. We've spoken before about how she gets a lot more agency and action as things go on. She's a little bit of a kind of a basil exposition in the first book, um, kind of you know ex- patiently explaining things. But she's she's doing more things later on. Yeah, she and she still does things and 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 drives things. But we but we don't seem to at any point get any color. Uh, we just seem to have a a rough pencil sketch of a person rather than something that's coloured in with real features we get a little bit more in in you know in in the the later books and we find out history about her and we find out i mean the the fundamental thing is i i find it interesting is that she's not i i don't think certainly the 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 trillion that that if you like we know on our earth i don't think she's fundamentally that good a person uh, I mean, she's had a very difficult time, mm. but she's not a particularly attentive parent. Uh, single parenting being uh, a difficult thing, but she chose, if I remember rightly, she chose to have a child. Uh, well, she would have done because it was artificial insemination, which just so happened to be with Arthur's um, sperm. Um, so she chose to have a child and then sort of went off around the galaxy um, whilst the child was in these time zone daycare things uh you know where she'd, she'd pick her up and she'd be a completely different age from from when she was dropped off um and okay you know there's 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 two people here i mean we, we're all three um men and two of them don't have kids uh and 100 of us are not uh, uh are not mothers um but <laughs> you know that that said um i you know I, I, it doesn't take uh, a lot um it doesn't take someone uh, doing a lot of gender studies to to realize that what we what we have here is not a particularly well drawn female character. And when you look at how well drawn even some of the bit part characters are, we know a lot about um, 
slanty Bartfast's personality. Yeah. We know what he likes. We know what he loves. We know what drives him. We don't know that about Trillian. So it's interesting you bring up Slarty Bartfast because he's the he's the other character who yes. gets to suddenly gets a thing. Gets to have a moment to push. Yeah. Um to, to push things forward. And and you know, Trillian gets more of that in the later book. I think one I think one of the problems as well is is that um the 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 later book is probably less liked. But again, I think I, I you're you're completely right. But we still don't really get a sense of context for her choices because we're not getting that um personality background um with with great economy of words he gave us um a sort of a not a, not necessarily a, a real backstory but an emotional backstory for, for the likes of slarty Bartfast, um which we didn't get and so when she starts doing things which she does she does plenty of things we're not always able to understand the motivations behind those things it's more just like you said, Basil Exposition, this thing is being done because it needs to be done. Uh, let's get this character here, but I'm not going to worry too much about why she's doing the thing because it doesn't serve the purpose because ultimately she's just, she's just trillion. It would, it's a, it's a shame that we, we are all men on this podcast and we can't get a female point of view. Like, uh, like coming from a, uh, trying to come from a point of view is, is ultimately like, uh, redundant like I, like we will never feel what it's like to be a woman but if you try and think of it like if I had the only representation in a story that was Trillian I would be hugely disappointed and shortchanged mm-hmm. even though she gets to do a lot of stuff and Mark, I think Mark said well she's not particularly well drawn we don't know what drives her she, she is a she's not somebody that we empathize with she's somebody that we we are aware of in the plot yeah we witness her actions we don't we're not really along with her and and you know this is this is not atypical certainly of writing of the time but even of writing in in the 21st century um even very very well regarded tv programs are, you know there's a friend friend of the podcast uh cat of of cat's uh, cabinet of curiosities is um very much not a fan of stephen moffat uh, for for similar reasons, um, because she maintains, and I don't have enough ammunition to refute this at all, um, that he just could not write for women. And we get, you know, one other female character in this universe um, that that is of any substance, um, and you know, she she happens to have a, a personality. But that could be argued that that was an answer to uh, the only other female character in the universe that. Um, that existed, um, not being very well drawn. As a as a point of point of order, I want to um, refer to some matters of production history of the radio show, Ooh. which I know very little of. Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely going to be looking to Mr. Stedman here. But is there anything in the the arrested development of of Trillian's character? in the fact that I believe the original actor had scheduling conflicts and Trillian was written out of some of the kind of middle phase of the show? I <laughs> don't know if that would be the case with the first series. I could see it being the case in the second, because if I think back, um, she was basically not in it. Yes. So this is from this is from the Douglas uh, autobiography. Mm-hmm. Susan Sheridan, who's the actor who played Trillian, was in such demand as a voice actor with a major role in a long gestated Disney movie which would eventually be called The Black Cauldron that Trillian had to be written out. 
though having her forcibly married to the president of the Angolian chapter of the Galactic Rotary Club, dismissed in a couple of lines of narration, was an ignominious end for the series' only female regular and not Douglas's finest moment. No, indeed. I've got one final bit from uh, the uh, Douglas autobiography yeah. about Trillian um, that I wanted to to bring up if i may please which t- ties us back to um someone we've been talking about a lot recently mm. um i found this an interesting quote because it has echoes in things that i've heard about about star wars from a similar time susan sheridan recalls withdrawing to the bbc club at lunchtime with peter jones mm. both agreeing that they didn't understand a word of what they were performing <laughs> but that there was clearly something special about it <laughs> So as we're nearing the end of our run, I thought we could look at an alternate world in which Douglas kept making uh, Hitchhiker-related stuff, whether under duress or not. Uh, I thought this week we could look at a reimagined video game uh, for release in 2020, let's say. Uh, What would the game look like? Who would you play as? And um, how would you win? What I'd really like to see is a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy alternate reality game. So a bit like Pokemon, where you play through the, the the camera screen. Oh, an augmented reality game, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the bunny. Um, so as you go around, like things pop up. So if somebody's left a review of um, a restaurant, it will be like lined in green, and you can check on the reviews and stuff, and you can leave your own once you discover places. Mm. And so the the game element comes in when, um, like, as you're looking around, you discover things that aren't actually there in real life, and they give you tasks. Uh-huh. So they'll, they'll they'll say, okay, can you go capture like thirty towels or, or whatever? <laughs> and you and using AI that started to recognise what's in pictures, it will go around picking out stuff and going, oh, that's a towel. Do you want to review that? Oh, that's those are uh, rollerblades. Like I've never seen those before. Do you want to leave a review and have that as an extra layer of reality as you as you walk around the world, much like um, much like Pokemon Go, but with um, sweary reviews. So. I- are you a guide researcher then in this? Yeah, essentially you're a guide researcher. Um, and like maybe you can get paid in like um, uh, in expense expense checks. Yeah, that's really, really nice. Because <laughs> that, that could actually re- uh, like be, if you talk to businesses, relate into actual discounts in actual actual businesses. Oh. Especially, really nice. ones, especially ones that are reviewed well on, on the app itself. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's encouraging people to review well so they get more money. Which is kind of exactly what Ford would do. Yeah, which is kind of... <laughs> <laughs> so in that case, agreed. <laughs> also, like, I just have some mad editor now and again come in and slash your reviews down to, like, two words. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got to go back to actually recover your review. Yeah. You, yes. go, you go back at, at, like, Foursquare. You have to check in again and kind of resend it. Yes. <laughs> that is very nice. Yeah, I was excited reading that. I, I was writing it. I was like... Ooh. And then I realised, oh, no, I'm never going to get off my ass and actually make that. So that's never going to exist in the world. But fair enough. It's such a it's such a great shame when you create something and and you realise it's it's yeah, it's never going to be brought into this world because you just it's just not. Yeah, it's just far too much work. My model for this, you can actually do it in 2020 because the company's gone bust now. But I saw it as like a Telltale Games. Oh, um, so uh Tell- Telltale Games are the people who uh, brought back some of the big point-and-click adventures from the 80s, which took text-based adventures like um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, though that sort of style of game, and took them into a graphical um, vision. So uh, Monkey Island, um, 
yeah, well, let's stick with Monkey Island as, as an example. In Monkey Island, it's it's very narrative. It's very find this puzzle piece and put the puzzle piece there, um, and along the way get drip fed story. Um, and Telltale Games they took over um, all the Lucas Arts games that were um, based on that model and based on that engine, and they actually created a new engine for it, which they could then apply to other things. Their big hit was they did um, a Walking Dead game which um, ran sort of parallel and through the arc of the TV show, I think, rather than the comics. Not sure. Maybe it was the comics? I think so. I think it was uh, in art style as well, but I think it was, um, yeah, it, 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 that was the, the universe it was playing off because I don't think it had any relation to AMC's Walking Dead. That's cool. But that, that was their big hit. But I, I found out um, that actually they went bust. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, a, a few years back, but they were incredibly successful at rejuvenating these uh, these narrative adventure point and click games. But I think I think the, pe- <clears throat> the pedigree that they have that's more important to a property like Hitchhiker is Sam and Max, mm. Monkey Monkey Island, and uh, they actually had a run at Back to the Future as well. Mm. Um, and so that kind of the the humour plus the text based adventure plus some some deep dives into sci fi. I can't think of a world that I would want to play in less than Back to the Future. Their Back to the Future game was Fucking all right. Dreadful. Like, and the films aren't good. Let's face it. Like, the films aren't good. Like, who cares? Like the type. whiny teenager and the very suspicious old man that hangs out with a teenager, and they're really bored. You can go anywhere in time and space. All right, I'm going to go back and meet my mum. Like, oh, well done, John. Should I get his mic, please? <clears throat> Yeah, I'm not down for a, any any sort of any sort of continuation of the Back to the Future universe. He doesn't go back in time to meet his mom. Also, he can't go he anywhere. He gets in sent space. back in time, and he couldn't go anywhere in space as well. He has to be able to go back in space because the Earth isn't at the same point when he went back. So he would have to travel in space at least a little bit to arrive back in the same location as when he left. I mean, the flux capacitor must lock you into a location because that's literally what happens in the film. So yeah, so he's travelled in space, right? Yeah, but they can't go to an arbitrary point in space. They have to go to the same point in space that they left. Well, it's in a flying fucking car, so I imagine that he would be able to go to many other places in space. I mean, like when you were seventeen, did you go far from Northfield? <laughs> <laughs> Where went about? <laughs> went to town sometimes. I didn't have a flying fucking car, mate. I don't know what you thought I was doing when I was 17. It wasn't making friends with the paedophile scientist. <laughs> uh, now, last week we discussed the total perspective vortex, so now it's time to meet its maker. Have some sense of proportion, Trintragula's wife would often say. So we built the total perspective vortex just to show her. And in one end, he plugged the whole of reality, as extrapolated from a piece of fairy cake. And in the other end, he plugged his wife, where the shock annihilated her brain. Hmm. John, uh, here's a question. If no one who isn't being plugged into the vortex sees the effects, how do we know that the vortex actually does what it says it does and doesn't just explode its subject's brains, like, clean off? Is she gluten intolerant? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe she's really, really severely gluten intolerant. Because <laughs> if you plug the gluten intolerant or a, or a Crohn's disease or someone like that into... I like the fact that you've now just classified them as, oh yeah, have you, have you met, have you met Susan? Yeah, she's, she's a gluten intolerant. <laughs> she's one of those. If, if you plug them into a bit of flour in like their actual <laughs> brain. I 
think their head might explode. It might just it might just blow clean off, yeah. And in the modern era, we're all a bit gluten intolerant, so I think that's <laughs> I think that's really what's happening here. I'm definitely not gluten intolerant. No. No, I love glutes. <laughs> Sometimes I'll just have a plate of glutes. I just love them so so much. It's not really a thing, right, gluten intolerance? It's not really a thing. I mean, it is. I mean, it is, yeah, it is. Like, it's a very, very small thing. There's a lot of people that walk around saying, oh, I'm gluten intolerant when they're not actually gluten intolerant. Yes, 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 yes to both. They've just ate too much bread. And now it's time for another swear word. Turlingdrome. It's a swear word. Uh, We don't have a a definition, but it appears to be a derogatory term for a person, possibly a stupid person. Um, There's a creative design firm uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio, who've chosen Turlingdrome as their name, which sounds like it might be a bit like calling your company shithead. That's amazing. (laughs) Gents, if um, if you were starting a new freelance enterprise, what swear word, real or imaginary, um, would you use to uh, to inspire your company name? Well, I tell you what I wouldn't use, Mm. right? And that is the portmanteau middle class fucking swear words that the like you know remember when the middle classes found twitter because stephen fry mentioned it once mm-hmm. right it was all fucking cockwomble and fuck badger and <sighs> those fuck that fuck you and did you made swearing tweet you ruined the one thing that i really fucking enjoy about everything you ruined it you turned it twee and quaint Fuck you for doing that, middle class people. He's oh, a cockwomble. He's a, he's, he's a piss badger. Like, fuck, but you can fuck yourself. Like, swear. If you're going to swear, delight in it, drown in it. Like, so, yeah, it wouldn't be one of those portmanteau fucking middle class swear words that everybody seems to bum off now. I'm just making this cockwomble a builder's tea. <laughs> <laughs> there is, on the scale, um, there is, so, so you've got that on, on one end. But then on the other end, you have got Peter Capaldi in the thick of it, who I think did use a lot of portmanteaus, uh, you know, omni-shambles not being a swear word, but being a very, very good word. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I think there is a I think there is a good side to that particular avenue of swearing. Yeah, no, I mm, maybe you got to use swearing in a creative way. Like, mm-hmm. I, like we were talking about before, like it's it's about shock and it's about surprise. Mm-hmm. And a good swear word, like if you if you if you slip in the wrong swear word when people if people are expecting a fuck, if you slip in a shit, mm-hmm. like that that's that's delightful, that's wonderful. So it's all about it's all about surprise, right? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. One of my favourite things now to say is "what the dick," yeah, which came from The Walking Dead, um, and it's you know it's 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 a limitation of the fact that AMC lets very very few fucks through, um, certainly on their um the 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 shows that actually air you know like later on you find them on demand and, and the the fucks are in there because there's a there's a wonderful phrase from um from breaking bad which i think was dipped in the original airing which is fuck you and your eyebrows uh, which is in the pilot uh, pilot of breaking bad um and so yeah every That's now and again, it's a great line isn't it um Every now and again, they might let one in, but they they typically don't. And so, when you're able to to circumvent it, like you know, like what the shit. But it's 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 sort of then they now live in a world where well, we know what the shit is. Basically, that's route one now, so we have to go route two, which is what the dick. And I uh, I I really like I, I like those kind of turns. Well, I've got some um, I've got some real company names that I found. 
which I'd like to share with the group if I may. <laughs> so um, f- first up, I found I found one about startup names, and some of them were pretty mild. They were like uh, one of them was oh flipping heck, I've forgotten his name now. <laughs> there was that oh Joomla. One of them was like Joomla. Oh yeah. I was like, well, yeah, yeah. that's that's just a silly word. That's not dogpile. Well, oh, I mean, it's, it's not the best name, but fascism. Was not a good name for your startup. No, that's F F A S H, like fashion, and oh. then ism. No, like, no, 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 no. Ashton Kutcher was behind it, apparently. Fascism, um, as in fascism. Now, um, obviously, that's not. Uh, that sounds like something else. That sounds like it belongs to the people who run my local Apple Mac authorized outlet store. Uh, which is Stormfront, um, which is also a, another name for a Nazi group. Um, mm. It's not good. Why wouldn't you Google that? Why wouldn't you Google Stormfront? Like there, there's, mm-hmm. it would literally be the first thing that came up. Yeah. Are you aware of the universe of of product names uh, that are problematic in other languages? Oh yeah. No, Nova literally means doesn't go, doesn't it? In um, some languages, which yes. is a great name for the voxel. Uh, there's also a great one, which is I, I think slightly apocryphal because it's very complex. The actual the actual answer is is the the reason why this is um, complex is, is boring. But um, there's a a possible reading of the Coca Cola logo, which is I think in Japanese, bite the wax tadpole. Wow. Yeah. Let's go stick your head in the pig. So as well as startups, I've got some of the company names, which I just want to... I'm desperate to share these with the group because they are very good. Of course, please. I've got a link, which I'll give to Mark for show notes. This is 15 of the worst business names in history from Inc.com. Um, I've just picked some of the better ones, mm-hmm. to be honest. Dick Cleaners and Carpet Services. Oops. Cock Polishing Services. <laughs> Bunghole Liqueurs. <laughs> There were about five entries which related to the word beaver. Oh, yes. And I'm only going to give you one. I'm just going to give you the best mm-hmm. one. Big beaver stump grinding. Oh, dear. <laughs> they knew. They fucking knew with that one. They did know what was going on there, didn't they? And uh, the last one, actually, um, is a tribute to my boy uh, John B. Um, because he thinks I'm the only person who ever thinks about this. Uh, Blue Balls Boutique of Canada. Well, that is just about all that we have for you this week. Um, uh, please do send your complaints on a self-addressed uh, envelope um, to the internet, <laughs> um, where you will find, if you look on Twitter, you will find Danny as uh, probably drunk. Uh, you will find uh, John Hickman at the name John Hickman. And um, I'm also uh, around on the internet. Uh, in various places so uh, we haven't got very many left so if there is anything that you want us to cover in an off topic section we're going to look at at some more alternative versions of uh, or alternative formats for the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy if you've got any suggestions if there's anything else that you want to know because you know we obviously are the fonts of knowledge um, in, in this particular uh, area, uh, then um, then let us know. You can tweet at us at BTL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Leopard Podcast. You can also email feedback at btlpodcast.com. Um, so uh, feel free to use those channels, get in touch, and until next week, won't you please share and enjoy?
This podcast is produced by Podient. To find out more, visit podiantproductions.com. Mmm, that's a nice button on that. <laughs> Leaving you saying that to make it really weird. <laughs> I have too much respect to, uh, for the listener. Believe it or not. <laughs> oh, I heard that last episode. <laughs> you were you were very catty at the end of the episode last time. You told them to fuck off. That's that's all. That's all you're getting. Off. Go on. Go on. <laughs> We've given you 36 minutes of entertainment. What would you fucking want? <laughs> Oh, mate, I've just remembered I sneakily put some beer outside the window on the roof of the extension just for emergencies. Has it just blown off the roof? No. I've, no he's just remembered and that's made him happy. I've ran out of beer. And he's just experienced just joy for the first time. Stick my hand out the window. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking future me came, but past me came through for once. Hello, this is an extra special bit just for Danny. Because um, I feel I've been quite mean to him, possibly in this episode and possibly outside of the episode. So I, on the off chance that he hears this, or I, I know he doesn't listen to all of the episodes, he usually doesn't listen to the episodes that he's not in. So he might listen to this one. No, he said, I'm doing it again. <laughs> I can't help myself. I love you very much, Danny. And I hope you hear this. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. You have a lovely day now. Bye bye. That was a kiss noise. Okay, bye.